Welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, your weekly dose of accounting and tax tips specific to small business owners. You will be on your way to growing your business and paying the least amount in taxes as legally possible. Here's your host, Mike Jezoshek, CPA. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. Today, we're on part two of our series called Back of the Napkin to Business Plan in 11 Slides. And we have guest on Brandon White, who is writing a book on exactly this topic. And he is just has been incredible to kind of partner with on this idea. And last week, if you haven't checked that out, do that first. Last week, we talked about the first three slides in this business plan idea. And we talked about this idea of how business plans don't have to be 50 pages long. Business plans can be nice, simple, concise, and, and be able to get information across to the right people in a much easier way. And Brandon had a great story behind that and, and how he came up with this idea. But last week, we talked about the first three slides, which is title and elevator pitch, the problem and your solution. And today, we're going to be talking about market, go-to-market plan, and traction and milestones. So Brandon, welcome back to another episode. And I'll kind of let you take that off to say, okay, what do slides four, five, and six look like in this back of the napkin to business plan? Well, thanks a lot for having me on again. And we've set up this story, which we talked about in the last episode, which is, it, it, it is a story. So you're given this elevator pitch, which is 15 seconds or less. You've set up the problem. You talked about the solution. And now you're going to talk about how big the market opportunity is for that solution. And to be honest, when I was writing the book, it sort of really gave me a chance to work through some of the stuff that I had taught because I, I had taught this course to about 1,500 students and taught it to myself over two decades. And I used to say that in the market opportunity slide that you didn't want to go from the top down, meaning you wanted to go from the bottom up. And what I really realized was that what I was doing in my business, and I, it's the writing the book during the time when I was and am building a software company again, really gave me a chance to revisit this at, uh, firsthand, is you really do build it from the top down and you can without making any mistakes. Meaning when you do your market opportunity, what I like to look at and what I teach is you want to look at the total market. You want to look at the total addressable market. You want to look at your service available market and then your market share. And the mistake that most people make will say, well, I have a $32 billion market and I'm going to get 1% of that. That's not a market analysis. That's an interesting analysis that could wind up actually being true at the end, but it doesn't give you a roadmap as to how you're going to attack the market and the dynamics of the market. So in the book, I talk about a fishing company, which which I actually had because I ran that fishing site and we actually had fishing lures. So when I did fishing lures, I had written a business plan to launch our product within the company. And I use that in the book as an example to say the fishing market. So if we look at total market, you would say, well, the fishing market is $51 billion market in the U.S. alone, which that's interesting. But then you have to break it down further and you have to say, okay, well, what's my addressable market? Because that market is not all fishing lures. That market is trips, it's rods, it's reels, it's boats, it's motors. Uh, it's not actually trucks or cars, but it has a, just a ton of different things in that big market. And there's no way that we're going to sell to that whole market. So you call that the TAM or the total addressable market. 
And then you segment that even further into a serviceable market. So that's how much can you actually service of that subsection of fishing lures? Because in fishing lures, now you have freshwater fishing lures, you have saltwater fishing lures, you have fishing flies, and you're not selling all of those. So you break that down once again. And in the book, I go into detail today. We don't have as much time to go through, but I take readers through an exact uh, analysis numbers-wise of how to break that down. And then you actually find out what your total share of that market could be. Because even when we get down, the example that I gave was this saltwater fishing lures, and they were made of lead with bucktail and some flash, and they had this secret sauce, whatever you want to call it. They did catch a lot of fish. They still do these butter bean patterns. But we're still not going to get all of that saltwater fishing lure market because that's even broken down further. So then you've got to figure out what that is. And even further, you need to figure out where you're going to sell. Because in this market, sizing as you're doing the exercise is actually also your business model. Meaning, are you going to go direct to consumer on the internet, which is popular, which you have to figure out. And we will talk about in the financials because we need to figure out if we're going to ship lead fishing lures. Can we do it economically when you sell a lure for five bucks and it costs five bucks to ship it? So we will figure that out. But in here, you're really figuring out your actual business model. If you're going to do distribution to local fishing tackle stores in Northern California for me, or at the time when I had it in Maryland's Chesapeake Bay, am I going to do tackle stores in Maryland? Then I'm going to do tackle stores in Virginia. So that's what you really want to break it down to. If you are a restaurant, I don't know how many restaurant listeners, but as an example, you may get down to this place where, for instance, you're an Italian restaurant here in Half Moon Bay. Well, okay, well, you're not, that's great. Now you've gotten down to that, what your market share could be, but there's five Italian restaurants. So how much is the Italian market worth out of all restaurants once we've gotten to this regional place? And then how much can you get? And you do that by also looking at what's your price point? What are these things? And that's really what you want to get in your market opportunity slide. You want some sizzle. Because if you are a person who wants to use this business plan to raise money, which you can, you do want this sizzle. But at the end of the day, investors are going to dive down into exactly what it is. And more important than investors, because I think everybody wants this gold star to raise money and thinks that's cool, which is fine. But the business plan is your roadmap. And at some point, you are going to have to make first contact with your market and actually sell into it. So that sizzle isn't going to do you any good if you don't have brutal honesty about what that market size is and how much you think you can get. Yeah, that's great. And Brandon, I'm sure in the book and the trainings that you do, you kind of tell people, how do they get become to this numbers? How do they get down into these, these different numbers? Because I'm sure that can be difficult. Like I'm sure the whole industry number is relatively easy, but as you start to get more niche and more down into certain areas, it might be harder to gather some of that information. It is. And that's usually the excuse that my students and myself have given talked to myself over the years have said. However, a quick hot tip that you can do is there are so many industry reports out there and there's companies that do it. There's companies that charge for it and all those things. But what you can do is do U.S. fishing market report PDF. And if you just Google that, you can, I guarantee something will come up. And in my case, and for the book, I actually did the exercise. I didn't make it up. I went back and recreated to see, and that was 
over 10 years. Well, I started that company in 1996. It was a long time ago. So I went back and I recreated it to see if I could do it. So Google is your friend. Another thing, if you're a local business, go to Google Maps. If you're a hair salon, type in hair salons. I actually had a student who said, I can't get the market data. I don't know how many hair salons there are. And I, I, we just brought up Google Maps. I typed in hair salons. I said, where do you live? And we figured out how many hair salons there were because everybody's in Google business. So another place that you can go to grab that is industry association websites. They all want to promote their industries and they all have reports that they generally put out annually. Another place that people overlook, but probably Mike for me has more information than I have ever found is public company SEC filings, their 10K. Their annual reports, they have to disclose everything to investors. And they give everything. I mean, when we were doing a clothing company at one point, I went to Columbia, who is a public company, I think still is. I went to Quicksilver. I went to Volcom at the time was public. I went to True Religion, which was a jeans company. They tell you exactly how many retailers they have. They'll tell you exactly the ARPU per channel. They, It's really small font, which you can blow up on your screen or blow up when you print it. But the SEC filings of public companies have an incredible amount of information. The last one I'll give for time's sake is the U.S. Bureau, uh, Economic Bureau. The U.S. government spends a lot of money to break all this stuff down. And the site is more intuitive than it, or more, I'll say it's not intuitive, more user-friendly than it used to be, but there's droves of information on there. Awesome. So we, we have our elevator pitch problem solution. Now we hit market opportunities and we're determining, okay, what size is this market that we're going after? And then we're drilling it down from the top all the way to the bottom saying, okay, what is the actual market I'm going after? Next step or next slide in this process is go to market plan. And what does that look like? Well, here's the cool thing. The go to market plan is pretty simple because it's the reverse of what we did in the marketing slide. And I started to allude to it is we went from the top down, $51 billion fishing market down to, I think it winds up being a, don't quote me, a $7 million fishing lure market that we, in that example, in this example we're using, could get to. Well, now the go-to-market strategy is that's where we are. When we did our market analysis, we figured out who was in our region, if you will, and we just have to figure out how we're going to go to market. And when we did that marketing, the market size analysis, we said, okay, well, we're probably going to have X amount of retailers. Are we going to do retail? Are we going to do consumer internet or direct-to-consumer on the internet? And you basically spell out what your go-to-market plan is, including PR and things like that. And it doesn't have to be perfect here, Mike. Like it is going to break on first contact. This business plan idea here isn't to get it perfect. It, in fact, don't even waste time trying to get it perfect, but get as good of data as you can get and spell out how you're going to go to market. How are you going to sell it? Are you going to start out by telling 10 friends? You can do a, what do they call it? Direct sales model. What is your distribution going to be and how are you going to get the product to the end customer? Love it. So I'd imagine that this slide does get a little bit more in depth, you know, where we're at least kind of, it's easier. We know our market. How do we get there? But like that, that way of getting there is going to be some good meat there or some good context there for 
whoever's utilizing this. There is, and I, I'm not trying to hide anything from listeners or, I mean, I'd love for you to buy the book, but it does go into detail and I can tend to get into the weeds. But the model that I use is effectively attract, engage, and delight. So how are you going to get that endless or wheel, or it's not endless, you want it to be endless, going? So you've got strangers, you've got prospects, you've got customers, and then you've got customers who you want to turn into promoters. And that's really on the, in the next ring is attract, engage, and delight. And that's what you're trying to figure out how you're going to do. So to your point, it, it is a little bit more in depth, but it's not complicated. I want to emphasize that you've got to get prospects. You've got to sell to those prospects. And then you've got to service your customers and turn them into promoters. And I think that last stage is a thing that a lot of people forget about. It's a lot easier to get a repeat sale than it is a new sale, but people tend to, to do that. So I have this little diagram and walk through with a worksheet, which we can put in the show notes, where people just fill it in and it's fill in the blank and don't spend hours upon hours, but have a good plan that makes sense that if you showed your mom or dad, they would be like, yeah, well, yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, but it makes sense. Like it seems the story will make sense. So that's really the sort of, uh, formula, if you will, for this slide. Makes sense. So first slide today, we talked about market opportunities. What is that market? Where does it actually come down to for us? Now we build out a go-to-market plan. How are we going to attack that market? How are we going to get our product or service in front of that market? Let's talk about slide six and the overall combination of things, traction and milestones. And this is pretty straightforward, Mike. This is what traction do you have today? If you're an existing business and you're listening to this, what traction do you have today? Do you have 5,000 customers? Do you have X amount in sales? Do you have a brand? Is your brand worth something? Do you have licenses that are hard to get? I had a government contracting business and our moat, if you will, was that we did classified work. It was very hard to get a company to have a facilities clearance. So that was sort of our traction. We went through three years of getting that facilities clearance and to do that. So I'm just throwing out some examples all over the place. Maybe you're a restaurant and you're well-established in, in the area and everybody recommends you. And then your milestones. This is just as simple as like, what, what are your goals? And I like to focus on 12 months at a time, 12 to 18 months. Anything out from there there's just too many variables. Like, could you imagine, Mike, having your plan for three years or four years before COVID, believing it, and then COVID happens? Like, I'm just using that as an example. That's an extreme example, but a lot of things can happen. So focus on what your milestones are for those 12 to 18 months coming up and the sub things underneath, I call them sub items underneath that main goal, just some notes of what you have to do to achieve it. Because just saying it is not enough. You need some notes that's going to be, it's like this mini business plan within the business plan. Because there's a business plan almost for every one of those goals. And this, this isn't just about business, it's about life. If you have that goal, you've got to come up with some sort of execution plan. So some bullet points, simple enough to say what you're going to have to do. And then eventually, when you make first contact and you go to launch, you're going to have to build that out a little bit further so that you have that roadmap to follow. Excellent. And if, if some of you listeners are got to this point in the episode and you're like, what are these guys even talking about? I Check out our first episode. And this is a mini series that we're doing on the back of the napkin to business plan in 11 slides. So 
If you missed the first episode, check that out first. But we talked about the different slides, and there's 11 total slides. We have now gone through six slides. First one being title and elevator pitch. Second one is the problem that you're looking to solve. The third one is solution. What is your solution to the problem? Today, we talked about market opportunities. What is this market you're trying to get after? What is this market share that you're looking to to gain? What's your go-to-market plan? How are you going to get your product or service into that market opportunity that you decide is yours? And then we're talking about traction and milestones. Traction being, you know, what is it that, what do you have today that, that helps give you some relevancy? Whether you're an established business and you have a well-known name or whether you're just coming out of employment, but you have some, you know, good experiences within that plan, whatever it might be, you know, what is some traction that you have to start off with? And then milestones, you know, what are some of those things you want to do in the next 12 to 18 months? And a little bit of story about how you're going to get there. How are you going to accomplish that? Think of that as kind of your goals. Brandon, anything that I kind of missed in that, that quick kind of summary of where we've been in the first six slides? No, Mike, that was a great summary. I think that's all for this episode. Okay, excellent. And like I said, there will be a blog post that goes along with this episode that digs into these details a little bit more. Brandon has a ton of information that he's willing to share with us, and, and we'll put that on there as well. And then Brandon, also let them know kind of where they can find your book, some information about it, and where they can find information about you as well to kind of dig into this even further. Best place is just my personal website. It is brandoncwhite.com, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-C, as in Charlie White, W-H-I-T-E.com. And I have all the information on there. Thanks so much for asking me, Mike, and having me on today. Yeah, Brandon, thanks for coming back. And again, we have six slides down. Within the next two episodes, we're going to go through the rest. So next week, we're going to be talking about competition and financials and then closing up this kind of mini series of business plan. And the only thing, kind of one takeaway that I'd say from this is we talked about early in the year of being able to take tax strategies that we talk about on the program and through our podcast and our blog posts and actually implement them. This goes just along with this. Listening to this and being like, oh, that sounds like something I can do. That sounds like something that is easy enough for me to do in my business. The next step is that implementation piece. So take some time to to dig into what Brandon is talking about here and actually implement this. You don't have to be a new business. You can be an established existing business that is now doing this for your company. So just keep that in mind as as kind of a takeaway from what, what we're doing today. Thanks everyone for joining us for another episode. And we will see you next week when we continue this mini series. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review and share with other business owners. You can find previous episodes and more information at www.taxsavingspodcast.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.